This is Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. Hello, this is Dave. Hey, Dave, this is Jonathan Master calling. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing very well. How are you? Make sure to keep listening after the program to find out how to receive a free MP3 download from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Our guest today is lead pastor of the Hyde Park Congregation of Holy Trinity Church in Chicago. He is chairman of the Charles Simeon Trust, which is devoted to training the next generation of Bible expositors. He is author most recently of Expositional Preaching, How We Speak God's Words Today. So I'm delighted. I can't think of anyone I'd rather talk to about this to welcome Dave Helm to talk with us about Expositional Preaching. Thanks, Jonathan. Good to be with you, although you overstate the intro. Well, <laughs> you know, we had, to, we had to get the listeners interested. So let me, let, me ask you, let me ask you for a definition to start with. What is expositional preaching? Yeah, for shorthand, uh, I lay it out, empowered preaching, where the shape and emphasis of the sermon is rightly submitted to the shape and emphasis of the biblical text. So the, the main ingredients for me there are, first of all, empowered. I, I use the word passively by design um, rather than powerful. Um, expositional preaching is the preaching that the Spirit is actually the empowering agent. And then I, I want to say more than merely the point of the text is the point of the, the talk. Um, I think we're losing something sometimes with big idea preaching where we can almost get the big idea, but we lose the contours of the text. So by way of definition, I like to, to think of it in terms of the shape and the emphasis of the talk kind of submitting itself in a gospel-centered right way just as the shape and emphasis of the text is going to get into us. So that's, that's shorthand. You can certainly do it a lot of, lot of ways, and I'm sure it's incomplete in, in some level. But you mentioned a couple of things there, and it strikes me that all of this revolves around a doctrine of the sufficiency of Scripture and a doctrine of yeah. the Spirit using the Word to do His work. Right. I think, you know, the, the classic passage that I refer to and that a number uh, of people refer to, Hebrews 3.7, the interesting thing, there's a little brief phrase at the opening where he's getting ready to quote from Isaiah, but he actually introduces it by saying, as the Holy Spirit says. So he doesn't say as the Scripture says. He doesn't say as Isaiah says. He doesn't say as the Bible says. He actually equates the Word of God, this ancient, long-ago, written-down text with the Holy Spirit, and then the tense of the verb says, present tense. So these, these ancient texts, they've been given to us by the Holy Spirit, and they are the sufficient Word for us today. And I think that's why Paul says in Ephesians 6, something to the effect of, you know, the Word of God is nothing other than the sword of the Spirit. So, yeah, I'm with you entirely on that. The sufficiency of the Scripture comes under divine authorship, um, and then we just kind of follow along with what he's already tried to lay down. So why is this so important? Why, why are you so committed to expositional preaching in particular in local congregations? 
Well, uh, there's a lot of ways to answer that. So this might not be even the most important thing, but it's, it's off the top of my head. I don't know if you've ever done Tony Horton's T90X workouts, but he talks about, you know, being loose in the cage. You know, I'm 53 now, and I know how quickly I can be physically loose in the cage. Um, but think of it in terms of preaching, jobs, and it just feels to me that for a time there, our preaching kind of got loose in the cage, and I'm just using that as a generalization. And we began to do what we wanted with the Bible. There's not a lot of restraint in the preaching concerning the emphasis of what's in front of us. So I guess I'm looking for a little more mature restraint in the pulpit, um, and and I actually think that we'll be aligning ourselves more closely to the word that God is giving week by week to the church from particular texts. Um, so I, I don't want to ramble, but there's, there's, there's something to be said about just not going into the pulpit week by week thinking that preaching is saying things about God that are true instead of the truths that God has given to us from the text in front of us. So it's just that slight reorientation of perspective that I'm concerned with, or I should say I'm excited about. What, what, about, what about for the congregation? Uh, what does a regular diet of expositional preaching do for, for the listeners? It, 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 in some of your answers, it was, it was oriented around what it does for the preacher. It forces him kind of to to, to yeah. make sure he's following the scriptures. But what about for the congregation? Well, it saves people, and it strengthens people. So, I mean, that, that to me is kind of what happens. Um, the Word of God is by nature a creative act. So Genesis 1-3, God said, let there be light, there was light. But the indication there is that God's Word by nature creates. So he speaks, stuff happens. So um, the Word of God, what it does for the people is it actually saves them. Um, I think the straight, simple, raw exposure to God's Word week in and week out is what saves the people and, and strengthens the people. In other words, it confirms us, it keeps us in the faith. You know, to the other end of the Scriptures in Revelation, when the city comes down out of heaven, uh, the angel doesn't say to John, you know, look, you know, I wanted you to experience this. Isn't this cool? Here comes the bride. No, he actually says, write this down. These words are faithful and true. So the word, it's the word inscripturated that actually allows the people of God to be strengthened and to persevere. So, you know, those are two simple words for me. Like, what does preaching do for the world in which we live, um, well, it saves God's people, and it strengthens us uh, until we see Him face to face. How do you balance the idea of following the contours of the text that's right in front of you that week, and also bringing to bear uh, the, the the truths of of all of Scripture? Um, Maybe another way of framing it is this: What what role yeah. does systematic theology have in your your expositional preaching? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think systematics plays three foundational roles. One, it acts like a fence. Um, it keeps me orthodox. Um, it guards me when I could go 
off. I mean, I think in some measure, systematics provides that. It, it, it allows orthodox understandings to be put forward, and the preacher should be helped by that. Um, the second thing I think systematics can do for you is I think it actually helps you in various genres. For instance, um, if you're in Old Testament narrative, or, you know, text type that's kind of just discourse and narrative. Um, biblical theology is a great discipline to help you. But if you're in poetry or you're in a New Testament epistle, um, biblical theology is not always, I think, the easiest discipline to assist your preaching. But systematics is because often you're dealing with themes, ideas, categories, God, nature, evil. You can think of the Psalms. Um, sin itself. The, the third thing that I'm really excited about in regard to preaching the whole truth or, or seeing the productive role of systematics is, is connect with a non-Christian. Um, if a non-Christian comes into my congregation and they're there every week, they're going to have to come a few times for biblical theology to, to begin to be realized productively for them, uh, for them to begin to put the Bible together. But systematic theology, everyone who's a non-Christian in our cities has systematic questions. Is there a God? Is there sin? What's with evil? Um, is there really a hell? Do my sexual ethics matter? These are all systematic categories. So I think that the preacher would be utilizing that discipline. It might be subtle week by week, because as you probably know, I, I don't think we should get in and preach systematic theology. But there should, should be some weekly use of that discipline that can show its face um, week by week. I don't know if that helps you. No, that's that's really helpful. And what, what I'm wondering now is this, taking a step back, if I'm a pastor and I'm persuaded... Yeah okay, this is what I need to be doing. This is the work I need to devote myself to, and maybe maybe I haven't been as devoted to it as right. I should be. How, how can someone in that situation work to improve his ability to actually actually do this? What, what questions should he be asking? What tools should he be using? Are, are there things he should be reading? What, 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 what am yeah. I supposed to do to become a better expositional preacher? Okay, so, wow, we could go for a while on that. But let me say a couple things that I just want to let everyone realize that. Biblical, I've become convinced, and I'd like to hear your, uh, your own thoughts on this, Jonathan. Biblical expositors are more known for their convictions than, than we are for our week-to-week capability or ability to pull it off. Um, because I don't want guys to be frozen, feeling like, I, I, I can't do this work. It's too engaged, too involved. If you believe God's word is what it claims to be, and you hold that it's sufficient, and you prayerfully prepare and give it your best swing, he uses it, right? I mean, the classic story, John Stott, wasn't he converted under what he now or later in life would have felt to be a very bad exposition of something in Revelation 3 about Jesus standing at the door and knocking. So in that week, the preacher might not have got the exposition right, but the Spirit of God takes it and saves the guy that becomes the main expositor for a generation. 
So I just want to free you guys up. You know, the, the epistles, Paul says to Timothy, do your best to present yourself to God. I'm ashamed the workmen rightly handling the word. So at one level, I just want to say, do your best, and, and you'll grow. Um, the other level, I want to say, hey, do your best. Get back to work. Start spending a little more time on this. Um, and practically, a little self-serving here, sorry. Go, go to a city and trust preaching workshop once a year. Go, go somewhere once a year for two days that will increase your ability to grow in the pulpit for the next 52 weeks and come back to that like spring training. Um, those are a few thoughts. No, that's helpful. And, and, and it sounded like part of what you're saying is don't, don't get so hung up on whether the sermon two days ago was a home run, but think in terms of trajectory and week in, week in, week out work. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, think, think years, think years, think decades. You know, Kent Hughes, who was one of my mentors and still one of my dear friends, used to say, you know, just think of it as preachers, the older you get, um, you should be better at 50 than you were at 40, better at 60 than at 50, better at 70 than at 60, assuming that God gives you your mind and your mental faculties. Whereas a professional athlete like Michael Jordan, his, his trajectory was downhill from age 27 on. So look at it as a life, and look at it as what Paul says to Timothy, you know, let all see your progress. That, that's, the, that's the apostolic call for the, for the man in ministry, that, that he's making progress. Not that he gets it right every week. Um, and that's what the congregation wants. They, you want a, a congregation wants to know, wow, the, the guy I sit on there week by week, well, he's a little better this year than he was last year. Um, that's that's the model we need to put forward, not wow, he's the best expositor and knocked it out every week. That's that's very helpful and, and I really appreciate your time. We're out of time, but Dave Helm, thanks thanks for joining us hey, today. Love being with you. Listening to Theology on the Go, a podcast of PlaceForTruth.org. PlaceForTruth.org is a website of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, proclaiming biblical doctrine in today's church. Just for listening, we'd like to equip you with a free MP3 message. Visit PlaceForTruth.org to download Preaching Christ from All the Scripture by Dennis Johnson. Listen next time to Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth.